Welcome back to another episode of Too Good To Be True Crime. My name is Rich and I am in England and in New York City is Austin. Hello, buddy. Rich, it's great to see you. Mate, how are you? What's going down? How is New York? I live uh, near the UN and it's it's the UN summit this week. So it's just absolute madness on like, I don't know, the surrounding blocks around my house. I've got to, you know, give an ID a couple times to get to my building and yeah. So if we hear sirens, that's the reason why. If you hear sirens, yeah, there's like just every kind of emergency vehicle is outside of my apartment right now. Madness and chaos going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a yearly it's a yearly tradition, and it's all of our least favorite week of the year. Like everywhere on the subway, everywhere in New York, you hear people like, yeah, because everything is all screwed up because of the UN summit, and yeah. But probably the time of year where it feels most safe there. Yeah, I suppose so. And probably nice. a worthwhile situation to have, you know, a, a UN summit with all the leaders of the world that yeah, probably, probably, probably a good idea. Mate, it's a world away from where I live. When I live just outside Oxford in the countryside, the green, the green, green grass of England. It's such a world away from Manhattan, mate. I'm jealous that you're there and I'm here, mate, because as always, I always ask you about the weather. Can I just tell you about the weather here? I was just going to ask you. Mate, it is so miserable. What are we now? It's sort of September time middle of September, it's like the middle of winter. It's blustery, it's blowing a gale, it's gray, it's cold. Straight off the back of a hot streak, where it was lovely last week, but mate, there you go. It happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, this is sort of my favorite time of the year uh, in New York. It's like the two weeks of, of, of fall. It seems like two weeks, you know, but I love, I love the autumn. What have you been doing in Manhattan? What's going on? Just, you know, uh, making music, teaching lessons, just doing all the random gigs that that one does when you're a, a gigging performer. Whatever pays the rent, hey buddy. Whatever pays the rent, yeah. I did some gigs this weekend with my other half. I've trained her up, and we're gigging together. Oh, that's brilliant! That's brilliant. What, Mate, what it's kind brilliant. of uh, what kind of stuff is it? Mate, we're doing tribute tribute nights in bingo halls it's good fun it's really good fun it's something that we can do together mate and honestly like it's good it's good long lot of driving you know up and down the country and stuff yeah. but we we enjoy it it's good fun late late nights and stuff so you're tired the next day but we're we're having a good time i enjoy it it's cool that you get to do that together yeah it's good fun yeah it really yeah is. my my wife and i are in a choir together and uh qu- like choir season just just started back up so it's like our our lives take us in crazy directions but we like to have our weekly our weekly thing that we're both in so mate it's nice it is nice to do something with your respective partner isn't it because yeah. uh yeah you just enjoy something you know because uh, what's the alternative sitting and watching netflix you know what i mean do something yep. do something constructive do something productive that's I'm right a, I'm, I'm a wordsmith mate make some money <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh mate i get i suppose i should say whoever's listened to this on very spotify or apple podcast i'm gonna say something now which i loathe myself for saying you know people are like Oh yeah, guys, we've got a podcast, we've got a YouTube channel, we've got all those kind of things, like and subscribe. So I suppose we better say it, shouldn't we? Like, subscribe, if you like the content, um, 
you know, we're, we're doing this for, we don't get any money for this, do we? We do it because it's fun and we want people to listen to it. We want to, we want to investigate true crime stories that are hilarious and funny. So if you like it, subscribe. If you like it, send it to your mates. If you don't like it, listen to something else. We're still going to do it because we enjoy it, right? That's it. Press all the <laughs> buttons and, you know, help a guy out if, you, if you're enjoying the podcast. And like Rich said, if you don't like it, well, well that's okay. Yeah, that's okay too. There's plenty of other podcasts. We're not everyone's cup of tea. That's true. But we enjoy it, don't we? Shall we get into today's podcast? Yeah, give us what you got, Rich. Let's do it. Right. So, I was thinking, I was looking back on on the previous pods and I was thinking, we do a lot of stuff about sort of uh, true crimes, too good to be true crimes in the States. So I was looking, what I was trying to do is trying to find too good to be true crimes in the UK. And when I came across some British crime laws that still exist, but are not necessarily in force. And I thought that would be, I, I thought I could actually educate my good man Austin in New York City with these, there's 10 of them. And I'm gonna go through them and I want to, I wanna go, I'm gonna read these out. Some of them you're gonna be like, this cannot be true. <laughs> this, ca- this can't be a, a crime law that exists in the UK. But I'm gonna go through them and you're gonna be surprised, I think. I'll start from the beginning, just before we start the poll, let's go through these. So these are British crime laws that still exist. They're not necessarily enforced thoroughly, but they, there could be something that could get you into trouble. They're written Number on one. paper somewhere still. Yeah, they're written down. They are still they are still in the constitution. Right, so the first one is, when a whale or a sturgeon becomes beached, it must be offered up to the reigning monarch. What about that? First of all, I don't remember what a sturgeon is, but I'm assuming it's something like a whale. Yeah, some kind of whale, some kind of whale. Maybe it's a smaller than a whale. I, imagine, I think it's slightly smaller than a whale. A whale or a sturgeon becomes beached. It must be offered up to the reigning monarch. So that means if you're getting down the beaches of Bournemouth, which is in the south of England, or up in Aberdeen in Scotland, or if, if a whale or a sturgeon gets beached, you have to go to King Charles, who he is now, and go, King Charles, I offer this whale to you. And then he has to, and he has to decide whether he wants to keep it or not. For the most part, I think he'd be like, uh, no, uh, what the fuck do I want with that? I don't, I don't want a fucking sturgeon or whatever. I don't think he'll want it, mate. But that is a true law. And if you don't give that whale or sturgeon up to the reigning monarch, find yourself in serious trouble. That's so what are the one. like? What are the logistical procedures behind offering the beached whale? Is it, well, are, I, is it supposed to remain untouched before you offer it to the to the reigning monarch? Or well, I would say if you find it. Maybe you have to put in that court. Maybe I'd say, would you call the maybe the Coast Guard or the police? And then maybe they make those calls. I bet you half the police force don't, probably more than half the police force or the Coast Guards, Coast Guards don't even know that that is actually a law. I reckon they have no clue. So if they turn up on the beach and you're like, uh, sorry, guys, I, I have to stay here because I have to offer this whale up to the reigning monarch. So Nobody get touch King- this whale. Nobody yeah, touch it. You- We're waiting to hear from the monarch. Yeah. Can you get King Charles on the phone or get him on a chopper? Get him up here. I'm gonna offer it to him. I don't know whether that means you have to get down on bended knee and do some kind of ceremony. King Charles, I offer you this whale. It's all on my heart. I present it to you. The whale's probably like, "Fuck off! Get me back in the sea." What I'm if it's a beached whale and it's still alive? I think that is if it's still alive. If it's still alive, that must be offered to him. Where the hell he put that? I've got no idea. But there you go. It is still a British law that exists. Number two. Believe it or not, it is actually illegal to be found drunk in a pub 
it's illegal to be found drunk in a pub. And that is a law since 1839. Too good to be true, right? So you can't, if you're found, technically, if you're found drunk in a pub, you can be arrested for that. Found by well, who? The police? Anyone. You could make a citizen's arrest. You could report that person to the police. The landlord could report you to the police. This person's breaking the law because he's drunk in my establishment. It's is so this like you're found drunk? Like we found you, like we found you drunk in a corner. Like it's, it's you know, it's 11 a.m. It's time for you to get out of here. Is it like we found you drunk like that? Or is are we talking just like it's illegal to be drunk in a pub? I, if there's a suspicion of inebriation, I think you can be reported and you can actually be arrested for it. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's extremely inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Okay. In the Metropolitan District of London, it's illegal to carry a plank of wood along the pavement. You guys call it the sidewalk. In, that includes poles, ladders and placards. So if you're carrying a plank of wood down the street in the Metropolitan District of London, which includes all of Greater London, just not the City of London, which is in the centre where the Financial District is, you can be arrested reported to the police, arrested, and have a judicial hearing. That is ridiculous. What about all, like, delivery men? What about Ikea when they come and they drop your new sofa off? You're going to be in some serious trouble for that. Are there size size requirements? Doesn't give any size requirements. It just says carrying a plank of wood along the pavement is illegal in the metropolitan... It's easy for you to say. The Metropolitan District of London including poles, ladders, and placards. So even if you're having some kind of work done on your house or your office, and like the, you know, the work, the laborers are carrying like scaffolding poles, that is technically illegal. In the how about we, how about we 3D print some miniature scaffolding, some miniature poles, some miniature, miniature ladders. Yeah. Carry down, carry them down the street. Yeah. And we can video it all. And I'm sure tons and tons of people would pay lots of money to see us try to get arrested. In the metropolitan area, I'd like to see. I'd like to see that law get enforced by someone. I'd yeah. love to see someone get arrested by that. That'd be funny, <laughs> mate. This is my favourite. This is my all-time favourite out of out of the list here. Number four, it is an offence to handle a salmon and look at it suspiciously. That is covered by the Salmon Act of 1986. We need more information. <laughs> Do you want me to say that again? It is an offence to handle a salmon and look at it suspiciously. How ridiculous is that? So you get that salmon fish and you give it the eyes and you could be technically be arrested for that. It's foolish. What if the, what if you think it might be you know bad salmon and you have to look at it with a little bit of suspicion, with scrutiny? Yeah. It's gonna give you some food poisoning. I can't believe that. An offense to it's handle an unsafe, the salmon. It's an unsafe British law, isn't it? Also, surely it's conjecture what constitutes looking at a salmon suspiciously. That, that might just be my, my resting face. Suspicion. Yeah, I'm finding subjectivity in all of these laws. Nate, I agree. <laughs> Number five. The Metropolitan Police Act of 1839 says that it is breaking the law to knock on someone's front door and run away. So all the kids that play knock-knock oh, knock granny, we always to do that as kids. If you what do, do you that, call it? Knock-knock granny? Granny, like your grandma. What did, what did you used to call it? A uh, ding dong ditch, ding dong ditch. Yeah, ding D. dong ditch, man. With a D for Delta, mate. I don't know about the laws in the US, but in the UK, that is actually a crime, and you could be arrested for it. I ding dong ditched someone once, and they came out and 
stood on their porch and screamed for like five minutes. Really? I it was really scary. You can say they physically attacked you at that point. No, no. But I, I was shitting myself. I thought, I thought we might it, get attacked. In the age of digital TV, where you can actually pause your TV at any time, it's not so much of an issue, is it? But back in the day, back in my day, back in my day, when the TV was live and you couldn't stop it, I'd be really annoyed because I might miss five minutes of a very important EastEnders, which is a soap opera over here in the UK. And Another we have ring doorbells, don't we? That's true. Now, and with the cameras now, so you can yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm, yeah, you're right. Okay. So, number six. Oh, this is terrible. You are not permitted to linger after a funeral has taken place. In 2015, a man was charged £160 after his, wife after his wife's service had finished because it prevented the grave diggers from doing their job. So... You look at these laws and you think, oh, they're prehistoric. They're from like decades, centuries gone by. This guy was fat, was fined in 2015, 160 quid, because he was a poor guy hanging around after his wife's funeral because he was sad and, you know, he was grieving. Someone comes and slaps him with a 160 grand, uh, 60 pound fine because it meant the gravediggers couldn't finish their job. That's I was awful. waiting to hear if you had any from, you know, the, the 21st century. Yeah. That is just... Hey, 2015 sad. that was, yeah. Number seven, it is breaking the law. Interesting one, this one. It is breaking the law to pay with your phone at a drive through while your car is still running. Because technically, you're using the phone whilst in control of the car. So if the hand breaks off, the car is running, stick your, heart, stick your hand out to the, the machine to pay for your McDonald's or your Wendy's or whatever, whatever drive through you're going through, that is illegal. Are you guilty of that? I'm sure I've done that. I'm sure I have. Although I've recently gone vegetarian, so I haven't had McDonald's for a long time. But if I ever go for like the vegan burger or the vegetarian burger at McDonald's, I should be, uh, I'll be sure to turn off my car before I use my phone. Surely though, it's the same as using your tap, isn't it? If you've got your tap card, surely that's the same as using your phone. Again, right. I'd love to, I'd love I don't, to see I don't that. have a car because I live in the city, so I haven't, I don't think I've done drive through in a while, but I wouldn't want to hand my phone to the drive through person. No, no, it's if you, if you hold your phone, but you hand, you, they, they hang out their little They stick machine. the, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, mate, here's one. Number eight. It is illegal to have a pigsty at the front of your house. Illegal. A, 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 a literal pigsty. A literal pigsty, yeah. I mean, mate, I'm sure you know as well as I do, plenty of people I know's houses are actually pigsties. But to actually have a pigsty proper at the front of your house is illegal. Don't do it. Number nine, it is illegal to allow your pet to mate with a pet from the royal household. It used to be an executable offence until the death penalty was abolished in 1965, but the law still exists today. Stop. You said ridiculous. you said let you said like allow your pet to mate with the yes. Okay. So if your I guess if your pet tries to mate with a pet from the royal household, when you'd ever come into contact, I don't think you're going to meet Prince William when you're taking your, your you know your pet for your dog for a walk in Hyde Park. But if you did and your pet started to mate with one of the corgis and you didn't stop it. Technically, if it was pre-1965, mate, you could be hanged. But the law is still in effect, but you can't be hanged now? Can't be hanged, but you still could be arrested. Number Jeez. 10. Lastly, interesting one, this one. Lastly, it is illegal for any taxi in the city of London to transport rabid dogs and or corpses. Also, cab drivers 
have a legal responsibility to ask passengers if they have smallpox or the plague. And that is still in effect to this day. While that is a bizarre law, I don't have a problem with that law. Mate, to be honest though, if I got into a black, I've never been asked that in a black cab. No, of course not. Get into a black cab, it's like, where are you going, mate? I go, oh, Tower Bridge, please. And he takes me there. If a, if a cab driver turned around and said, oh, I just need to double check, have you got smallpox or the plague, or are you carrying a corpse, or do you have rabid dogs in your possession? I'd be like, fuck this, mate, I'll get an Uber. I didn't ask for this shit. <laughs> There you go, Matt. I just thought I'd educate you there with some ridiculous, too-good-to-be-true crime laws before we get started on the pod. Too good, too good to be true crime. Oh, yeah, guys, we've got a podcast, we've got a YouTube channel, we've got all those kind of things. Like and subscribe. Too fucking good to be true crime. That's all good shit. Right, let's get into the pod. So, what we do on this pod is... We give you some information of a ridiculous, too good, too good. I can never say it. Can you say it for me? I could say it. I could sing it. Too it good now. to be true crime. That's right. So on this pod, too good to be true crime. There it is. We delve into the story. We survey the evidence. We put the people involved in the story to the sword and we decide whether they're guilty or not guilty. This pod, this week, Austin, I've got five too good to be true crimes. And what I want you to do as the judge and jury at the end, I want you to put them in order of severity. Brilliant. From the worst to the best crime, okay? I love this. Right, so you've got to basically, when I give you this information, you've then got to decide what, what is the worst crime and what is the crime that should be like least punishable, all okay. right? Are you ready? Okay, so let's get straight into it. So the first one, here we go. So, this is titled, Man Naked, Trashes House, Gets Stuck in Vent. Right? <laughs> so Canada, as we know, generally isn't known for its gruesome crimes, although there has been quite a few bizarre cases with questionable motives. And it all started in December 2015, when some people in British Columbia started hearing noises from the house next door. They reported it, and notified the family the house belonged to, and though it only got weirder from here. Authorities found a man stuck inside a vent. He was wrapped in insulation, possibly to keep himself warm. Good though call. That would, yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, he's industrious, to say the least. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been a necessity if he wasn't also butt naked. So he was nude, stuck in a vent, wrapped in insulation with no clothes on. Not a great call. Not a great call. On further inspection, the house was found to be trashed and the man was assumed to have been living above the ceiling based on the large hole in it from which he clearly fell. Police weren't, <laughs> police weren't exactly clear on why he ransacked the house or why he was, what he was doing stuck in the vents when they found him or what he was doing in general. There were, they were, however, clear on why he got naked. At some point in the middle of his destruction spree, they found his underwear in the toilet. They showed that he didn't come naked for the job, which would have been at least weirder. St right. <laughs> yeah, so. But it still doesn't really explain why he was there and what he was doing. So essentially, make of that what you will. 
I think he probably needed somewhere to stay. He could have been homeless, whatever, but and he got naked. What do you think? Uh, do we know if there was a family living in the house at the time? There was a family living in the house, but it was the people next door yeah. that were hearing these noises from, from the attic, and then they notified the people that were living there, which, which strangely, they hadn't, they hadn't heard anything. What well, is strange that the people next door had heard it, but not the people actually living in the house. But how strange is that? That is a weird crime. So he's breaking and entering. That's one crime. Public indecency because he was naked and probably some kind of, I don't know, because he trashed the house. Why he did that? I don't know if he trashed the house when he was naked. I mean, that's a strange thing to do anyway. And then he, he, they found his underpants in the toilet. You think he shit himself? He probably did. Maybe he was washing his underpants in the toilet. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's a sink and a bath right there. Use that. <laughs> you figured Hasn't he'd it? have the house layout, you know, mastered by now. Yeah. But also, he must, poor guy, I mean, he must have been, he must have been freezing to death. Because maybe what he might have done, he might have been washing his pants, his underpants in the toilet, literally thought, oh shit, they're coming back, got himself back in the loft with no clothes on, freezing. It's in Canada, so if it's the winter, it's going to be really cold. Wrapped himself in insulation, which is going to be itchy, isn't it? Yeah, especially, it's got that fiberglass, doesn't it? Yeah, especially... If it's going to be, um, if, you, if you're wet as well. Maybe he'd been oh. having a shower or something. But yeah, crime number one. Too good to be too, too, I can never say it. Too good to be true crime. Mate, let's change the name of the podcast because I yeah. can actually never say it. Yeah. Too good to be true crime, number one. Number two, <laughs> this is one I don't think you're going to like because you are a lover of felines, aren't you? Uh -oh. you, own, you own three cats. Today, I can see you through the screen here. You've got... A picture of a cat on your cap. So, num uh, too good to be true crime number two. Many serious crime stories start with a pet like a cat. Though this is definitely not one of them, even though cats are definitely involved. In a town in England, my side of the pond, it was reported in January 2016 that someone was accosting cats and shaving their fur for fun. Even though we can't think of any conceivable reason as to why anyone would do that. Two cats were found with big patches of fur missing, as though someone had a trimmer, wanted to do something with it, but wasn't very good at it. The cats were, the cats were understandably left shaken by the whole ordeal. It says the cats were not hurt in any way, suggesting that the shaving may have been the ultimate goal. The questionable motives of the assailants aside, it wasn't the first time someone had shaved a neighbourhood cat. The locals remember another case around a year before this one where a similar cat um, was found to have been mysteriously shaved in a similar manner. Whoever the serial cat shaver might be, we're sure they hope. <laughs> we're sure that we hope we hope they get caught soon so that we can at least understand their motives better. What a weird thing to do, especially if it's the same person that did it a year ago and they've done it and thought, oh, I've got away with it. I've shaved some cats and now I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it again. How do you feel about that one? I was worried to hear that story. I, I could laugh at it. I feel really sad for the cats that were traumatized. Mm. I'm, I'm really what? glad they weren't harmed. And I could not hold it together when you said serial cat shaver. Mate, <laughs> what, what would you do if you give us the name of your cats? We got Joplin, Stevie, mm. and Millie. Yeah. And they are all named after... Joplin is named after Janis Joplin. 
Stevie yeah. is named after Stevie Nicks, and we got yeah. Millie after she was already named. So um, we've just decided that she's named after Thoroughly Modern Millie. So it's a true musical family of you, yeah. your wife, and your three cats. That's right. It's beautiful. And they are gorgeous, mate, aren't they? And they're they have fur, sh- and we don't shave them. Right. But what would you do if you came home and you'd found that someone had shaved them? Would you be on the warpath trying to find out who that was? It would not be good. It would not be mm. a good day. I wouldn't want to see that side of you, mate. <laughs> I, I know how much you love those cats. I do. <laughs> number, number four is titled Monopoly Money. Okay. Rich, I think we're on three, buddy. Three. You are. You're right. I've skipped one. Apologies. Let's it's go okay, back. It's okay, buddy. Number it's three. all right. Okay. Number three. We'll come back to Monopoly money. Number three is entitled Man Eats His Own Underpants. So, an 18-year-old man tried to eat his own underwear in the hope that the cotton fabric would absorb alcohol before he took a breathalyzer test, a provincial court heard this week. Oh, yeah, David. Yeah, I, well, I mean, again, industrious if he thinks. I, I mean, have where not would, thought where, of that. No, but where on earth would he get that? Where would he get that idea from that, oh, if I eat my Grundies, that means it's going to absorb the alcohol and I'm going to pass his breath. Like, he must have been that drunk, to be fair. So his name was David Zerfler, um, but he was actually subsequently acquitted of a charge of impaired driving because he blew 0.8 so it the worked. legal limit. But the testimony broke up because judge in Judge McNaughton's provincial court on a Thursday afternoon, and the reason was this. Um, so Bill Robinson, who was the uh, detective that caught him, said that he ran from his vehicle um, when he'd been seen weaving down the highway. So while sitting, after he was arrested, he was sitting in the back of the patrol car and Mr. Zerfler tried to he- eat his own underpants, <laughs> the, court, the court was told. He said he ripped the crotch out of his underpants, stuffed the fabric in his mouth and then spat it out. Now, a class of students were witnessing um, the court case. They were in as, in, uh, in as observers. And they were, <laughs> but they were removed from the court by their teacher because it enlivened the proceedings. They were grade 11 and grade 12 students because they had difficulty maintaining composure. Essentially, they were pissing themselves laughing at this fucking ridiculous guy eating his own underpants. I would have been kicked out of that room instantly. Yeah, it said that they, were, they left the courtroom with tears in their eyes, trying not to <laughs> laugh. And then the case was thrown out because it could not be taken seriously. So he got away with it. How could Mr. they prove Zerfler. that he put he he put the underwear in his mouth in order to lower his blood alcohol? Did he did he admit to that part? Do you that's know? That's what he he that's what he admitted that because they asked him why he was eating his own underpants <laughs> and he thought that was going to sober him up. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to do! And also, can't, is there not another piece of your clothing that you can eat if that's what you think it's going to do? Why you have to take off your, your your actual pants, your trousers, rip the crutch out of your underpants and eat it? That sounds like sounds like a fetish to me. What about you? It worked though for him, didn't it? Mate, it got him off with it. I mean, I don't I don't think it lowered his alcohol level. You don't think so, Rich? No, I think. But what it (laughs) (laughs) but what it did do is get him off the charges, and he's probably going to think I'm going to do that again. That was number three. Number four is called Monopoly Money, as we heard a few minutes earlier. So, in 2011. 53-year-old Michael Anthony Fuller from North Carolina, USA, walked into a Walmart store and bought a vacuum cleaner and a microwave for $476. Mm. 
so far, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when Michael attempted to pay for his purchases using a million dollar note from the game Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> a million dollar note. Who is this dude? Then, when they wouldn't accept it, he started demanding change of $999,524 from the cashier. The cashier promptly called the police and he was arrested. He was charged with attempting to obtain property by false pretenses and his bail bond to get him out of prison was $97,500. US dollars or Monopoly dollars? U U <laughs> US dollars. I wonder if he then tried to pay for his bail with Monopoly money. <laughs> I mean, the dude's either got to be clinically insane or he's got to think Walmart, people that work in Walmart must be so stupid they might actually accept a million dollar banknote. Do you think any country in the world actually has a million dollar banknote currency? I don't know. That's a good question. Because some countries have, they have like, you know, Oh, this costs you 156,000, whatever their currency is. I always think, is it not just easier if, if one equates to one? Surely that's easier to work it out, but who knows? Anyway, yeah, he tried to pay for the the uh, the goods. They said no. He demanded his chains. The police were called. He went to prison. Doesn't say whether his $97,500 bail was, was um, given to him. Maybe he left in jail. Right. Number five, last one. Man found asleep in couple's bed. Oh, so, a retired couple from Lancashire, which is in the north of England, returned home from a holiday in 2014 to discover a burglar fast asleep in their bed. So, Matt Holtby and Pat Dyson were amazed to find the intruder, Lucas Chernowski, he'd also, who'd done their dishes, washed his underwear, and even bought them some groceries. Mr. Dyson, who owned the house, said their house wasn't too tidy when they went away, but Chinovsky, who was originally from Poland, but had moved to Leeds, had kindly tidied up. He did burn the old saucepan, but that happens, <laughs> added Mr. Holtby. <laughs> <laughs> Chinovsky, then, <laughs> then 28, admitted burglary and was given a two-year conditional discharge in order to pay £200 in costs. I personally think they should have paid him, considering that he, he 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 cleaned up. Although maybe the two hundred pounds was to cover their you the know, sauce, the their, saucepan. Their old saucepan, yeah, that's an expensive saucepan. If that was it, so yeah, I mean that's a that's a kind burglar. I mean he obviously just needed a place to rest his head, wash his yeah. clothes. He thought I'll help him out by buying them some groceries and tidying their house. It sounds like um, a guy down on his luck, you know. Yeah, poor guy. He's like, so, I can keep the karma of the universe. I can keep it evened out if I just, yeah. if I stay here, I break in, but I'll, I'll clean it up. I'll leave it better than I found it. Exactly. But he was caught. So he'd obviously taken 40 winks and then he wasn't expecting them home. And then, um, you know, they found him and then he got himself into a bit of trouble. Although, to be honest, to escape that for a few, to be honest, it depends how long he was there. So if they were on a two week vacation and he had two weeks sleeping, to be honest, 200 pounds for that, that's not too bad, is it? That's Not a very, bad. very, very yeah, cheap Air, Airbnb. Bit of electric adds up to 200 pounds, <laughs> 200 pounds in costs. So those, they are the five too good to be true crimes. So what I want you to do now, order, order. I want you to rank those in order of worst crime to best crime. So worst the worst pun punishable crime 
to the best, okay? So essentially, the least important crime is number five, but the mm. worst crime, number one. And so do you wanna run... do you wanna hear what I think is the worst crime first? The worst crime. In fact, no. Let's go backwards. Let's go from the the, the best crime to the to the worst crime that should gotcha. be the most that should be the most punishable. I'll remind you of what they are. You've got man naked, trash his house, stuck in vent. You've got the serial cat shaver. You've got man eats his own underpants. You've got monopoly money, and you've got man asleep in couple's bed. Go. All right. The way that I see it, the most harmless one is the eating of the underpants. Yeah. It, I'm pretty sure this was involving uh, driving under the influence or something. Mm, which is quite bad. That's not good. Well, it's very bad. Yeah. yeah. But if the charge that we're talking about is eating his underpants, I don't, I don't care about that. Eat your underpants, man. You're already, in the, you're already stuck in the cop car. You're already on your way to jail. Just eat the underpants. I may even try it myself. <laughs> yeah. We should do a bit of research on that one and try it and see if it works. Number two, mm. I pretty much also don't care at all if people try to buy shit using Monopoly money. Yeah, yeah. See, if you can get away with it, good luck to you. It, yeah, it, exactly. If you can get away with it, like, we're all down on our luck. We could all use an extra couple bills. Yeah, that's true. And you got some Monopoly. You got a million-dollar Monopoly note, you know, hanging around. So you might as well try and use it. Mate, I agree. I don't think I've ever even seen a million-dollar Monopoly note, even when I've played it. But good for him. I did confirm the U.S. has never printed a $1 million note. I don't know about other... No, I don't know about other countries, but we've never officially printed a $1 million note. So maybe if he'd have tried to use maybe, I don't know, a $500,000 note or a $100,000... They may have gone, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll accept that. Okay. You know, I, was... I, I'm already going to switch those first two. The more that I think about it, I, I think that everyone should be encouraged to try and use Monopoly money. So that's the most harmless one. Yeah, the okay. man eating his underpants. That's a little bit more fucked up. So that's number two. Number three. Right. I say the guy found sleeping in someone's bed. Because you don't know whether he could have been violent, could have attacked them. He's in, he's in their personal space, isn't he? Yeah, and my thought process is the naked guy and, yeah. and the sleeping in someone else's bed guy. Yeah. Story number one and, and story number five. They have a similar crime. They were both found yeah. breaking and entering. Yeah. But one of them was found naked wrapped in insulin, and one of them was found in a really clean house. That he'd cleaned himself. Right. So he can't, not, be, he can't be worse. He can't be the worst one no. compared to naked insulin guy, you know? Insulation, I should say. <laughs> insulation. Yeah. And also, remember, he bought them some milk and eggs for when they'd come home from their vacation so they wouldn't go hungry. They could have had a, they could have had a late night flight on the red eye. They could have come home and gone, oh, we've got no milk, can't have a cup of tea. He's done it for them. Rich, these, these stories are just so complex. It's hard to really narrow down. Who's at fault here? I'm not sure. Okay, if if that, that if that couple hadn't left their house messy, would the guy have broken in and stayed there? I don't know. Maybe that's part of his mantra. That's what he does. He goes around and kind of like stays in other people's houses that are there and decides, you know, like a bit of a moniker on friends. See something dirty, he wants to clean it. Yeah, he's like a little cleaning fairy. Yeah, so he should be thanked is what you're saying. I think so. Mm, All right, we'll, okay. put, we'll put naked insulation guy next. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, no, ex- no explanation needed, you no. know? Yeah, naked. Not good. In 
wrapped in insulation. He'd also trashed the house as well. So he'd done the opposite to the other guy because he'd actually trashed the house. He'd not cleaned it or done anything. And he, he was washing his underpants in the toilet, which is odd. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, no more explanation needed. Naked insulation guy. He, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him. But the villain of today is definitely serial cat shaver. So the worst crime you're saying out of those is five. the serial cat shaver. No and question. That, are you swayed because you're such a cat lover by that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? I just got to be honest. I think there is there's a special place in you nowhere for people that fuck with animals. So. Yeah. No, I agree. And also, it's not even like he shaved like some cool tattoo onto them so they look cool amongst <laughs> their cat friends. Like shaved in like you know like a skull and crossbones into the cat's Ooh, like you know yeah. side or is it? Do you know what I mean? So a little music like, note. He put a little music note shaved in on the, yeah. on the cat. Yeah. It wasn't even ingenious, was it? Like it said mm. in the story, it said bit he shaved them. It looked like, yeah, it's lazy shaving. And no one likes that, do they? <laughs> the only thing that's worse than a serial cat shaver is a lazy serial cat shaver. Yes, that's true. Well, at least be at least be ingenious with your shaving. I think so. I agree. <laughs> so that, in your opinion, today is the worst crime. The worst too good to be true crime. And that cat shaver, might, might we add, has never been found. Mm. So he could strike again at any time. And we'll say on the record right now... If you find a cat and you feel compelled to shave it, at least do something cool with it. I, I would think so. Find a stencil. I'm sure you could find a stencil anywhere <laughs> at CVS or something, you know. Oh, mate, yeah. Do you reckon if you went on Amazon and went cat shaving stencil, they'd be able to send you something like that? I work. am sure that that exists. And if it yeah. doesn't, that's a, that's a Shark Tank idea. Yeah, or Dra get Dragon's down Target. Den. Yeah, Dragon's Den or get down Target and have a look. I'm sure you could find something. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, mate, that was slightly different pod this week, but we're on episode five, aren't we? So we'll call it the mid-season mix-up, shall there we? There it is. And we'll be back with another Too Good To Be True crime on the next episode. Dude, it's been a pleasure, as always. Great to learn a little bit about your country and its, its wonderful laws. Yeah, that still exist. So next time you come here, I'm going to give you those and be sure that you don't commit any of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good, Rich. All right, buddy. I'll see you next time. Great to see you. See you soon. Too good. Too good to be true crime. Too good. Too good to be true, good to be true crime. Yes, it's true. Too good. Too good to be true it's good. crime. That's 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 too good. Oh uh, yeah, guys, we've got a podcast, we've got a YouTube channel, we've got all those kind of things. Like and subscribe.